What's up, everyone? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. It is your Friday episode, and I'm joined by John Colosimo here in a moment, as we normally do throughout the year, for what should be a fun series of Friday shows with John, where we look around the AFC North uh, for the upcoming weekend, look at them, uh, the group really uh, sort of as a overall view of where they're going, what does the team do uh, week to week, but also like big picture season stuff. And then we always leave the floor open to talk about anything and everything from you know pop culture to movies to to any other sport. And I like where we go with these Friday shows. If you have not paid attention, Jared Mueller comes on Wednesday and we talk with Jared for a good amount of time on takeaways from the game. Yesterday was Jordan Zerm, who will come on all season, and we'll talk about kind of the broader around the NFL picture. I think that's always fun to look around the league instead of always just hyper-focused on the Browns because we're hyper-focused on the Browns Sunday through Wednesday. So I like to spread out that a little bit. And I do a little bit with that here with John, where we start to shift our focus ahead to the next opponent. And then you get your Saturday uh, behind enemy lines episode, which I've already recorded and we'll have ready to go for your Saturday morning as well. So uh, I'm pumped about these Fridays that we do with John. We've already done one, but I just like to remind everybody where we're going on these things. As we sit here, John, I'm watching this, this Thursday night football game, this this Amazon Prime, which sucks because Amazon Prime has not worked out a thing with our playback software to watch these games and watch parties yet. They're being difficult. Imagine that. The only provider being a provider being more difficult than the actual NFL network and all of those other affiliates. That's kind of mind blowing to me. But nonetheless, it, it, we can't watch them. But I do think it's really cool here. And I I, I also think that they might be changing NFL coverage. We're, we're watching what's called, if you're on the app or your TV, you can watch what's called Prime Vision, which is it's a broader camera view, uh, zoomed out, sometimes aerial, and it is uh, co- accompanied by next-gen stats where sometimes the players have the rings around them and it's tracking software and it's telling you how fast they're running. And it is what a person like me dreams of when they watch this sport, which is a being able to see every single player and B getting some tracking software data. But I have to think I've had to, like I've been looking over here while working and glancing back and forth, John. And I don't know if you feel the same way I do. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching that like replay on NFL matchup or something. And I'm like, Oh crap, that's actually a live play. Mahomes just threw an interception. I wish they would take the names down after the snap. Are they, are they taking that? No, they're leaving the names up. Well, kind of taking them down actually, but it's a little, uh, I'm not sure if I totally love the next gen stuff on there. I'm just a fan of the broad view. What have you thought of this? Because I'm, we always complain about this, like people who watch film for a living, or you know, it's like, it's like if you watched basketball zoomed in on the paint the whole time and you couldn't see the entire court. Maybe they're changing the game here. I, I like to think that they're going to make CBS and Fox and ESPN and NBC change how they offer just one camera view during the game. Do you think it might head that direction? You know, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's going to depend on the reaction that you know Amazon now has these. Um, they have these Thursday night games now, so I think it'll depend on some of the reaction from fans. But one of the things that's really cool about this, I think they can get a little less invasive with the um, with the name tags. I don't. I think they're a little um, obnoxious right now in terms of size, but it's really pretty wild that say after a passing play where they're doing this they track the routes. So, you know, after like the play is done, you get a couple seconds to look and you can see the routes that they ran. So, you know, for somebody like you, Jay, Jake, or, um, and, and people that pay close attention to what you're doing on some of these breakdowns, 
um, you can recognize some of the plays that they're running based on how those routes uh, that are left up on the screen look, you know, so you can see a flood, you can see, you know what I mean? Like um, you can see some of those, um, some of those plays that you see commonly. So it's very cool. I think that they can improve on it, but uh, I, I dig it. I think it's better than when they did like the sky cam type thing. Um, I think that they probably could get less invasive with the cryon and with the uh, next gen stats on the side. Like we don't need that much of the screen taken up by it, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, You know, as a first, taste of this um yeah i'm digging it I, I did not expect to see something like this no i i didn't either i didn't see it until you actually retweeted or said something um on a tweet that i think ted Wynn did who who covers the yeah. nfl for the athletics so i'm happy to have found it yeah i can see some of the concepts unfolding you could probably shrink the name size down pull them down a little bit before right at snap yeah because uh, it's not always the most important thing uh, in the world because of I'll just be interested to see what they say about the numbers of this, actually, what what their viewership numbers are uh, to, to justify whether they keep this. And I'm sure they're going to run all year, but not whether they keep it or whether they offer it. Other the main outlets offer it, because that would be pretty, pretty fantastic. I, I understand not everybody wants to consume the NFL the way we do. They might not like that wide view. They probably want the tight view uh, that they have traditionally seen over the years. But it's pretty dang cool. And sometimes I'm noticing they're even highlighting. Uh, an individual player like an individual like right now I'm watching and they highlighted Nick Bolton on defense it's pretty it's pretty cool man I I really hope they uh, continue to do do this uh, on a broader picture the rest of the NFL's coverage they make it a thing that those who cover their games have to do this because I think it'd be really good for growing the game and understanding around it Um, the great thing is go ahead sorry um you know and why not like do some innovation I mean like nobody's ever done anything different my whole life watching this thing like you know so like it's about time somebody tried something innovative yeah it is and we can do it now i mean every channel i mean you're you're watching on like youtube you're watching in a bunch of creative ways and you have these smart tvs you should be able to select what view you want it's an era where we should be able to to change what view we want for anything we're watching you know it's not i don't think it's enough anymore to just offer one viewing setup you know if you're i mean amazon's proving it right now that you can do a, not just wide view i can also add stats and overlays and talk about the play action percentage you had last year or the the the, the success probability of that play you just ran in real time yep. like that is that is awesome so Very hopefully cool. this spreads out and the greatest thing here is that you get it next week you get the browns uh against the uh, steelers on thursday night football so we'll be able to watch this view for your browns if you uh, don't have the ability to do it. You need to sign up for Amazon Prime for like a month or something because you get this ability to watch these Thursday night Prime games. So if that changes with playback in our viewing uh, group, I will make sure that our playback broadcast is this coverage as well. They're actually advertising Brown Steelers right now for next week. So I'll like I said, if they get it fixed by next week, I'll let you know. I'll let you guys uh, let, let you know and we'll cover it and watch the uh, Prime Vision and have a fun time. So uh, anyway, uh, I want to give you a chance, like I did Jordan yesterday, John, to talk about uh, the the game. Any take? Like at this point, we're so far moved for it, but I do like to give you a chance to have if you had any big takeaway or in a stat that was interesting to you or a singular play you wanted to talk about uh, the Carolina game uh, or whatever. We'll do this every week where I give you a chance to to have an opinion on anything you want to talk about or or, or broach. Uh, feel free. Yeah, listening to to your pod, like I know that you covered um, a lot of the things that I was thinking during the game yourself, you know, like the full Mayfield experience being on display there. So I'm not going to rehash that. But what I will say 
that I thought was interesting is PFF had this article this week that was um, about perfectly covered plays. They, they started something about this, like in the summer, like in June, they had uh, an article about this and then they had, you know, week one coverage update, Cleveland Browns lead the NFL in perfectly covered plays. So uh, basically it was, you know, to summarize, it was uh, Cleveland Browns created an NFL best 65% perfectly covered plays in week one. Uh, trailed closely by, uh, funny enough, uh, Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals, <laughs> who also lost, or who who lost, and we, you know, uh, yeah. we very well may have. Um, but I thought that was really interesting in that um, that's kind of what I saw on, um, you know, at least in real time. I haven't gotten a chance to see um, a breakdown. If you've done, uh, did you do a um, with Murphy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did some online stuff. Got cut a little short. The internet got wonky out there where he's at. But uh, gotcha. we did do some of it. We, But I also spoke with John, too. Yeah, we went, uh, Stephenson, we went through some of the defense as well. So yeah, we in real time, in real time, like I felt like we did like spend an awful lot of time covering these guys uh, exceptionally well. Obviously, uh, what I would say is that when we broke, we broke in the worst way possible. I, I've seen plenty of games where, you know, you, you will get away or maybe not us, but um, other teams will get away with, you know, that open man or, or hell, let's, let's reverse this. We've seen plenty of times where the Browns have missed a wide open touchdown. We've seen a, a, that a thousand times, right? Well, any time that this defense broke, it seemed like uh, it was right in front of Mayfield's face and we were punished to the maximum extent. Um, so it's unfortunate that we lead the NFL in perfectly covered plays. And yet, um, you know, the ones that uh, broke down, um, we were just punished to the point where we nearly lost this game, uh, maybe even should have. So um, I just thought it was really interesting to have the, the methodology in here and what they're uh, what they're showing. So like, if you haven't seen that article, you should check it out. But I thought that was pretty interesting given how uh, painful the say fourth quarter was um, that we ended up leading the league in perfectly covered plays. You know, I know you were talking about how um, Joe Woods has, has got to, you know, you can be the best coach in the world, but uh, you've got to get your players to do which, uh, what's important. And when you're playing these zone coverages, it's, you know, uh, unlike um, a man coverage, um, a mistake could mean a touchdown very, very easily. Uh, I, I would say more so than, than playing a man coverage. So uh, it, it hurts when, um, you know, when you've got Newsom and John Johnson um, mixing up a coverage and leaving a wide open Robbie Anderson for a 75 yard touchdown at the worst possible time in the game. So I don't know. It was very interesting. And it's definitely one of these articles, if they're going to do it every week that I'm going to pay attention to the, you know, how the Browns look in this. Um, and I do think there was a lot of encouraging things in terms of that. Um, you know, you clean it up. Um, obviously we need to, but uh, I did feel like we spent a lot of that game, uh, where there just wasn't a lot of places to go for him. So uh, I'm encouraged for the most part. I, I think you. So, I think so too. The thing that and I know we talked about it off air and you highlighted it a little bit there too, like just the widened, widest variety of outcomes for your Cleveland Browns. They'll, they'll, they'll cover the highest volume of plays perfectly. And then they'll cover the, if you probably look at the worst two coverage snaps of the, of the, of the NFL <laughs> across the board in, in terms of players wide open that ended up being the target and successfully catching it and running, there's not a doubt in my mind that 50-yard Ian Thomas catch and that 75-yard Robbie Anderson catch are at the top. So 
This is what you get. Wide variance. I think if Joe, the thing we always talk about here is if Joe Woods can tighten up that variance, they got a good defense here. It's again, it's just, it's just what are the patterns? Can you eliminate these patterns? Because you cannot get schemed up. The whole point. Listen, I don't know if everybody understands this. The NFL, everybody's running a, a variety of things everyone else is running. You might window dress it in some ways that are different. You might run it from three by one instead of two by two or quads instead of three by one with the back to the strong or whatever. Everybody's running the same things, but they're trying to manipulate your defense in order to confuse you or put you in a bind based on what they know your rules are. Because this is like, this is graduate level stuff. Like this is the, these are people that every single person in the NFL understands what Mills concept is or cover six Rob or three cloud or what, like they know it. They have all, they're exposed. There's nothing new where guys are sitting in their chair in, in these NFL coaches office going, man, never seen that one before. Again, there are wrinkles. That's what makes it unique. There are some different coaching styles to it. That's what also makes it unique, but it's all the same. So how do you eliminate the variance of your guys? And that's what Joe Woods really has to, has to, to focus on because if he does not, get that right he could have a defense in cleveland that played well 93 percent of the time but those seven percent are busts and we also talked about john the browns bust a coverage it seems to be they bust a coverage in a way that a quarterback can just pick it up like it seems like every time they bust coverage it's the quarterback's first read or it's the most obvious thing to his naked eye because like i even pointed out in this carolina game this concept the browns were in mesh out of a out of a two by one where they had two backs Kareem and Nick in the backfield and Nick sneaks out on a late checked swing to the left. And there's no one within 15 yards of him. They busted it. No one covered him, but Jacoby's eyes never get there. He never throws it to him. And it's just onward we go, but they'll be in the coach's office and in the film room with the guys being like, Hey, this is a bus. This is a coverage bus. And it just doesn't feel like the Browns get away with those the way other teams around uh, the rest of the NFL seem to do. And, and at the end of the day, it's Joe Wood's job, the heartbeat of his job is to avoid explosives. That's how he coached. Some defenses are built around risk-reward with explosives, and they're a bit more lenient to it. How Joe goes about approaching it is, is building around funneling to portions of the field, understanding long drives might happen, but we're going to eliminate explosives and make you be perfect for 15 plays. You cannot then, on in a 14 nothing game, give up a 50-yard throw up the seam for no one around. We have 10 guys on the field. You can't then, again, make it 23-10, to 10 and uh, or whatever the score is, 23-14, they'd just gone up two scores and give up a, with six minutes left and give up a one-play touchdown, 75 yards. You can't do it. So that's the difference between keeping a D.C. job and, and going to coach D.B. somewhere because you get fired. So I hope Woods can figure that out because I think largely his his uh, his background, his, his principle of defense, I do enjoy, and I think it's built well for the Browns, but the granular details seem to be not working out. And again, I continue to say his name, but Jeff Howard's a DB coach and he has to be held accountable too. So there you go. Put my shell out there one more time. We're going to take a quick break word from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to do what we always do. And we're going to talk about the AFC North, look ahead and talk about where each team is. Cause there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on in the past week. So we will be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we get back now. We look at the AFC, um, you know, the rest of the AFC North. And it's funny. I was talking to a Jets guest, and I'm like, oh, I forgot you guys get the entire AFC North in the first four weeks. It's like, I feel like whoever made the schedule is like, eh, it's Jets. They're going to suck this year. Just give them the run of the AFC <laughs> North. It's a good division. Who cares? If they, they die, they die. If they die, they die. I agree. Um so let's travel around. You get, uh, I'm trying to, looking through here, the Bengals, of course, get a trip to Dallas right after Dak Prescott breaks his thumb or whatever he broke. So, you know, that's a game that I expect the Bengals to have no trouble with. It's a four o'clock kickoff, probably was meant to be. I mean, it is meant to be a primetime game, but you don't go to primetime games for Cooper Rush. Um, Pittsburgh plays, they host New England. That will be a really interesting game. To me, if New England loses that game, it's like, ooh, New England is rough. So that's a fascinating one. The Browns, we know who they get. This Miami trip up to Baltimore, very interesting. So let's talk about them. Like, what are your thoughts on these teams after week one? And of these games coming up, where are your eyes fixated on learning about more of these teams in the division? All right. So I'll say, you know, a friend of the pod, um, uh, Kevin Cole does, um, you know, on his podcast, we'll do these adjusted scores where he'll take out kind of the fluke things. Um, you know, I, I don't have the full methodology right in front of me, but uh, it's sound uh, it's sound reasoning. And so I do pay attention when he does his unexpected points uh, on Monday or Tuesday, and he will have these adjusted scores for the games of the week. Um, so, you know, he'll look at something like, um, the uh, I'll give you two examples, the the uh, Bengals and Steelers game where his adjusted score is something like 31 to 10 Bengals um, and his uh, adjusted score for the um, uh, Ravens Jets game, which was something neck and neck. Uh, I don't have the exact one in front of me, but uh, those types of things I think are good to get kind of the underlying feel of, of what the game was really like, you know, I think that beyond him, there's a ton of people that will tell you that, um, that, that Ravens jets game turned on something like four, four plays, which, 
you know, um, if you're you know Browns fan who watched last week, that you could say very similarly. That's kind of what happened there. That was a game that the Browns dominated outside of you know a, a few plays that that broke for huge for huge gains. And um, so, that being said, um, the Bengals game is not very interesting, but uh, the Ravens Miami game is very interesting to me. It's um, a preview of Lamar's been... next stop. Oh, sorry, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I'm it's sure this will all sort itself out. I'm sure there won't be any trouble as Lamar takes a stand for the guaranteed dollars that quarterbacks should be getting anyway. I'm, I'm sure, listen, you know, but everything works out for the Ravens. I'm sure he won't uh, take three franchise tags and eventually leave because they won't give him what he's worth. You know, what could go wrong? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, Jeff, you know, that's a shame. Let you me know, ask you this yeah. hypothetical in the midway. I'm just going to freeze this. If 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 you're Baltimore and you know you're not giving him a two fifty or two forty mil guaranteed contract, and he says, "All right, I don't want to play for you," are you taking the king's ransom from Miami? Are you in 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 moving on? What are you What are you doing? Well, you know that's their choice, but it only happens right now. I think Jen, I, like I don't think they so much have that choice anymore. I think they kind of passed that up. And they're going to ride this thing at least for this year. I think it would be a little more. Well, yeah, th- I'm, I'm saying this year, but I'm saying you're Baltimore in the next two years. I mean, if this guy comes to you and says, you know, ultimately you guys can make me play for you, but I don't want to be here. Like, I really don't want to be here. Would you move him? Like, would you consider like three for whatever my, you know, Cleveland gave Houston? Would you move him to Miami or wherever some serious caller comes in and make that happen? I'm curious if you feel like that would be a decision you would make. Yes, I could. Um, however, Miami might not be the place. Like uh, they might be a little too good to 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 do that to. Um, you know, mm-hmm. would I? Is there? A, there's always a price. There's always a price. And Lamar has always been this funky spot. You know, like, and I know I've seen like super interesting kind of conversations on. So Baltimore is in this spot where, you know, it's funky, where it's always been this weird kind of contract. Are they going to pay Lamar? Do you, do they believe in him in terms of can they get all the way with him? And there are opinions that go and fork either way saying, you know, um, there are some people that would say, hey, they have built this offense perfectly around his skill set. And then there's other people that would say, um they have built this offense around their vision of what his skill set or how they want him to play is. Um, so I think that his contract has always been a really weird one and it doesn't seem like they want to fully commit to it. Um, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, and and what I meant by the that last point is, you know, we know what the receiver position looks like over there. And what it has looked like it has not been pretty. And they've done this run first uh, Greg Roman type offense um, since his second year. And um, I don't know. They just don't seem very committal to it. So if you're asking me like whether I'd take, you know, a, a King's ransom, I think they're kind of answering that question. Like if, if you're already hesitating, like if you have not doled out that contract, things are not going to get better for you. When Herbert signs his contract, things are not going to get better. When Burrow signs his contract, there's going to be that guaranteed money in there. So if you're not willing to do that, they're not a dumb team. They're not some team that is blind to what's coming right around the corner next year. You know, so to me, they're kind of like answering that question. 
um, that they're not willing to put that kind of guaranteed dollars into his product. And if, if that's the case, you know, and you want to ride this one out um, and try and win one this year. And then uh, I guess what they, you know, the plan might be is to franchise him and then try and trade him. Um, or you could do that non-exclusive tag where you get two first round picks. Doesn't sound that great. Not a very great return in terms of, you know, a, a young uh, former MVP. Um, so, yes, I just wouldn't do it for a team that was already going to be in the middle of the first round. You know, I would be trying to ship him off to the NFC um, to uh, a poor team and trying to get three, you know, three plus uh, three first round picks plus players or or whatever the case. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that like their noncommittal to this point has already kind of answered the question you asked me. Yeah, I, I do agree. I tend to agree. I do think it's also extremely challenging in a sense to, uh, you know, presume that every team you send them to is going to be, you know, they're going to be better. That's the thing that's hard about that deal to your point is like, no matter who they send him to, he's going to make that team better. You're not going to get some great pick out of it. That's the, but, unless you unless you make that deal for a season that's already been done. That's so, what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. You, you, you get this next year. It. Yeah. And yeah. With these with this quarterback class coming up, if you, if you got some NFC team, um, you know, or whatever, it doesn't have to be NFC, but like I'm just, you know, best case scenario for them, it's some NFC team who has the number one, the number two pick this next year. Um, and you're able to ship him off and, and, and get a high, you know, draft pick in a QB rich draft. I don't, you know, I mean, um, that was, I remember uh, listening to a lot of uh, PFF. I think, maybe, I don't know if it was a forecaster, you know, one with Eric eager, who I, I really do enjoy. He's leaving P- PFF to do some really interesting stuff now. Um, with this consulting company for, for NFL teams. But, um, you know, they had wondered, this is when Cleveland was considering giving a long-term to Baker and Lamar was in that same spot. They had wondered if some team would have the balls to not sign a guy or trade a guy in the position. You got to imagine this is Baker coming off of 2020, not last year. Um, if some team would have the balls to just not sign them, because as you have made, you know, uh, comments to just even with running backs and stuff like that, um, teams tend to just end up signing the deal. You don't see a lot of guys just saying no, if they think he's not quite there or whatever the case, you know, so Baltimore may be the first team that is in this position where they actually, you know, they may be the first team that does this ballsy evaluation that says, Hey, um, you know, it's not quite there and we're, you know, we're going to have the balls to make a move and and ship them off somewhere else. Yep. They could. It's why it's a fun question right now because we haven't seen somebody push the envelope on this thing. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to sit back and watch to, to see how it goes. That new England, uh, Pittsburgh game is, is just a strange game of weird teams where, Neither team is going anywhere, in my opinion, and I don't think either team is getting more than seven wins, and uh, I don't know, Pittsburgh, it'd be funny to see Pittsburgh win it. I just think it's going to be funny to see Pittsburgh get to like seven or eight wins and just be like, yeah, hell yeah, what a season. That's the worst (laughs) place to be. Like, why would you want to win? And 
until I see Kenny Pickett's terrible, which again, I just don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to lead you to the promised land. Like, you know, you're, you, you're looking at these quarterbacks playing tonight and you're looking at Josh Allen and you're looking at, that's the standard. Like that, it's hard to see Kenny Pickett being that type of guy. Well, it's just really Jake, hard this, to see it. This is, this too. is actually, yes, correct. Um, now this is like a pretty sweet, uh, first of all, I think this first week was a complete fluke. I don't think they're going to continue to do this, but I've also said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, that being said, this is a great spot where they're doing this really idiotic thing where they're letting Mitch Trubisky um, play and they're not going to play Kenny Pickett and hopefully they win like six games and then they're going to pass on this great class of quarterbacks because they took Tiny Hands McGee last last draft Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they didn't even let him play to find out. So um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like kind of, you know, reading the tea leaves here and like this sets up real nice as far as I'm concerned. Like we have one of the better QB classes coming out. At least that's what it looks like now. Obviously things can change and uh, they often do, but the way I see it, they're not going to let Kenny Pickett play. They took him in the first round, and they're going to pass on this class of quarterbacks and also still be really bad. So, I, you know, to me, uh, things are looking up in that department. I think they are too. I, I just find it so funny. People, and I, I respect Tomlin like crazy. Like, I really do. I, that's not fake, but Tomlin's the worst coach you could possibly have for what they should be doing. Like, they should be trying to figure the quarterback stuff out because. You know, you can fluff up the rest of the roster and all of that, and maybe you end up falling into a quarterback. I don't know, but like to me, it's it's just it's a, a really rough spot of a head coach who doesn't want to lose by any means possible, and the, you you need to lose. They need to have a bottom out season or two to figure out the next run of quarterback. Like the last time they had a top ten pick, I'm almost positive was the Ben pick. Like I'm I'm pretty positive on that. So. Yeah, it's it's just going to be interesting to watch those guys sort of uh, sort of toil uh, around in what is football purgatory, where they're never ever going to be good enough with this group to win a Super Bowl, but they're going to be decent and they're going to challenge some things and they're going to win games they shouldn't win. So right on Pittsburgh, good for you, and you can claim culture all you want, but it ain't gonna it ain't gonna ever make it. Like it's just this group is not gonna ever make it because they don't have the guy. Now maybe somehow some way they find a way to get a guy who can. Matthew Stafford it up somehow, but um, it's just they got to work through Pickett first, though. That's the beauty. This is what we asked for, right? That you know they would take a guy and like have to like cycle through. Like they're not going to draft another quarterback until they cycle through Kenny Pickett. Like I just like you know I'm going to call it right now, right? When you take a guy um, that they liked, uh, like Pickett. Um, they're going to cycle through him. So I think we've got uh, two, three years of Kenny Pickett before they're even going to attempt it again. And they have, you know, the players that they have, um, I I just don't know uh, when they're going to break that cycle. But I'm saying right now that they're not going to draft another quarterback high for another two, three years. Yeah, I I don't quite quite see it, man. I really don't. And you're right. They're not just going to be able to sign somebody. They're going to have to figure out Pickett, and that's going to be a whole process. And and all that stuff. So listen, that wraps up the AFC North. John and I's eyes are focused on that Baltimore Miami game. And we're certainly focused on that new England Pittsburgh game. The Bengals game is a foregone conclusion. So that's what you got. We're going to take one more quick break and then we will return to finish up with looking ahead at the jets and how the Browns can, how the Browns can beat them. We'll be right back. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so John, when we do these, I kind of want to focus... Now we can, as we get more data on these teams and figure out more things about what they like to do or the concepts by which they operate, we'll we'll dig a bit more into the details. But as we start the season and things are weird, especially with the Jets and Flacco, and they threw the ball like 59 times week one. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't really know who the Jets are in their core. Now, Robert Sala comes from the same 4-3 defense base that, that Joe Woods does. Obviously, both guys having spent time in San Francisco the way they did. So the defenses will look similar. I think that benefits the Browns in a little bit of a sense because it gives them they, – they work against their own defense all camp, and they know a lot about the general structure of what they like to do. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But for these early season games, I just want to focus on players were either pumped to face Joe Flacco – or we're not looking forward to facing them because they could be a problem. When I look at the Jets' offense, they're typically, they're, I mean, they're a high volume 11 personnel team. And why wouldn't they be? But they're not limited to that because they have two fun tight ends. Tyler Conklin has come a long way his Minnesota days. He's gotten a lot better. And we, we all know CJ Uzama, who's questionable, but they expect him to play from his time in Cincinnati uh, just last year. And then they have these wide receivers that are fun, man. They play Braxton Berrios, the former Miami product, a ton. But they have Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, who are all very capable. And I I would argue that the Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson tandem, as far as young receivers go, is as desirable a group you could want. And and that's meaningful because they can challenge the Browns secondary. And I'm sure they're confident that they can pull off some of the shenanigans that you know, the Panthers did. So I'm worried about that. You look at the O-line, it's not very good. George Fant's questionable. He's their left tackle. Max Mitchell's a rookie mid-round guy. He's their right tackle. It should be a fee session, or at least a session where uh, the Jets have to commit a bunch of help, right? A back and a tight end, a bunch of help, and that helps eliminate some downfield threats. But who on this team offensively are we worried about that we have to stop? I didn't even mention the two running backs, so feel free to dive in on where, when you think Jets, what are you kind of fixating on with this one? No, I, th- I think you're right. I think these young receivers are uh, excellent, uh, enviable core to have. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those days where, you know, they're looking at the film session and, and they find some open guys that never get the ball. Um, this is the 31st, um, if I remember correctly, um, pass blocking group out of week one. Um, that's not good for them. Uh, but when you talk about guys that could do something, I mean, Garrett Wilson is a guy that I wanted awful bad. You know, when we had a first round pick, that was the guy I was laser focused on as a, as a Browns fan. Um, He's a guy who I remember watching as a freshman at Ohio state and thought, like, and I've said this statement and we'll see, you know, how wrong or right I end up being. But um, I remember saying, um, watching him his freshman year at Ohio state saying, this is the best, you know, this is the best wide receiver to come out of Ohio state in 20 years. And um, I still believe that. I think he's that good. Uh, Elijah Moore is a guy that I 
salivated over also for the Browns. Uh, it didn't work out, um, you know, in the way that the draft unfolded. But th- those are the guys. I mean, those are the guys that I think can get it done um, against a very talented secondary. Um, I just uh, I just have a hard time imagining the ball get finding their way to them. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but, yeah, those, those are the guys. I mean, you know, they have a very enviable – receiving core and and if they are able to to figure things out in the future at quarterback uh, I think they instantly get a whole lot better as a team but right now they got Joe Flacco in the 31st pass blocking unit uh, on the offensive line so it's it's hard to imagine uh, a ton of success I don't say this often but I would be pretty surprised if the Browns lost this game I just would and I and that's probably some people listening to this saying oh god don't say that but there's no reason to lose this game unless they beat themselves. So I make the caveat of if they if they play a clean game, just like last week, don't turn the ball over, run it fairly well. It is hard for me to see them giving up a bunch of points to Joe Flacco in that Jets offense, which is not it's not very good. I mean, they got they're young and they got some pieces, but it doesn't take pieces. It takes a collective group. And I and I just have a hard time seeing that work out Their Their defense is, uh, you know, they held Baltimore to 50 rushing yards. That's no that's no small task but it's a completely different rushing attack than the variety of which Cleveland attacks you both from scheme and personnel is unique I mean they have Carl Lawson back who they signed who and I think a tore his Achilles last year he's back Quentin Williams Solomon Thomas John Franklin Myers those are good players Quan Alexander CJ Mosley good players I think it's going to be a tougher way tougher task to run the football than last week uh, when when the Browns control the line of scrimmage um, pretty handedly, but I do have faith that they find schemes that they think they can get some advantages in. And I certainly think they're going to have to throw it better. I am concerned about uh, how, how quality the corners are. I think sauce Gardner was really good in his first game, the kid out of Cincinnati. And I think DJ Reed had a nice game too. Safeties are susceptible. I think they need to attack in Joku and do some of those different things to put the safety linebacker group in a bit of a bind. They play Jordan Whitehead and LaMarcus Joyner back there. You'll hear more about these guys on tomorrow's show, but, um, it is, uh, I think, a team that you should, again, get to 20, 24 to 27 points on. And uh, we'll see uh, ultimately what their uh, means of attacking them is because I don't, I don't have quite a feel for how the Jets play their collective group in terms of uh, pressure rates and stuff like that, how they go about trying to get after the quarterback or sit back. But uh, it, it, is, it is a better group. I'll say this. It's a better group than the Panthers. They don't have a Brian Burns but it, or a Jeremy Chin, in my opinion but it's a better group. And I expect the Browns to struggle more in the simplistic stuff. My point being, I think Jacoby Brissett's going to have to be better. Yeah, a hundred percent. I got a lot more to say, you know, about uh, guys to be scared of on the defensive side. And uh, you've already mentioned a lot of them, but this defensive front is not a joke. Um, And like you said, they, maybe they don't have an edge bender in the same uh, sense that, that Burns is, but um, this is a stout front. And when you combine that, with um, some quality corners, you know, um, then a guy like, um, you know, I, I think you're right to kind of point out the tight ends. I think the tight ends are going to have to do some work. And I think, you know, obviously, you know what I've said about Brissett this week. Um, I didn't have a lot of good things to say about him. You know, like uh, the, the best thing I could say is that he didn't turn the ball over. And one of those reasons was because of a, a flag. So, um, you know, I think it's going to have to do some work over the middle because um, we're going to have a harder time. And if, and if, and if Brissett rainbows 
another one like he did to that wide open throw to uh, to Cooper. Um, that's going to get picked in this game. That's not going to be a you know an incomplete pass. Um, you know because uh, Reed or or Sauce is gonna is gonna pick that off. They're gonna be right with him. Um, so I just um, I think this is definitely as a team level. I think this is a much tougher challenge uh, on the defensive side. Um, I don't think that we're going to break off the type of runs that we did. I think um, as as much as we've seen some good press for um, our offensive line and some of the creativity on the uh, on the run side, um, I think that uh, as a unit, these guys are going to have to play better. There was a couple of guys, you know, Batonio did not have a great game grading wise. Um, you know, Wills um, did not have a great game, especially in the run game. Um you know, we're going to have to be more cohesive to deal with this front than we were uh, facing Carolina. So um, I definitely think that the front and Quentin Williams and some of these guys, you know, we got to, you know, we've got our backup new starting center <laughs> that is going to go against uh, one of the better, um, you know, uh, defensive tackles in the game. So um, that's going to be a completely different deal. And if he's able to blow up the middle, um, we're going to have a tough time. So, um, you know, in terms of guys to be concerned about, um, Quinton Williams, I think would be number one on my list just because, um, just because we're dealing with youth and not our first choice in the middle of this line. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot more to be concerned about on the defensive side. I think this is where you won't have me wanting to lay six and a half points, um, against this team, even though I think that, we absolutely should win. Um, yeah, I can't I'm lay pull. six and a half points on Jacoby Brissett. I just can't. No, I can't. No. I'll never get myself to feel. Right. They, he'll cover some of them, I'm sure. Kudos, but I, I can never feel comfortable with that in the in the current. Oh, Justin uh, Herbert is down. Let's uh, let's see what happens there. Um, yeah, I'm with you. All those names, you're 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 spot on accurate about what can be some concern areas and at the root of this, they certainly need better quarterback play from and I'm not asking Jacoby to be good. Great. I'm just asking him to be at fine. Like he just needs to be fine. Uh, you know, put the ball to players who are open and, and they'll have a, a pretty good opportunity to, as though, though I won't think points will come as easy as they could have come last week. I do think they'll be able to get uh, to the 24 mark and, and be fine there. So that, that wraps it up, John. I think that's everything we've talked through a bunch of different topics I think are still pertinent to the week and, um, you know, have a lot of play both in the AFC landscape and looking ahead here at the Jets. So I appreciate our now week two uh, around the AFC North and looking at um, how the Browns beat their opponent. I appreciate your time, brother. Yeah, you know, uh, you can hear it in my voice. I'm I'm excited. It's it's real football season, and I'm glad to be here. So thanks for having me, Jake. Of course, it is uh, the start of the season, and you will hear some fantasy jargon from myself and John who share a league this year. So. Uh, eventually we will have a rundown of the of the matchup him and I have at some point this season where I will beat the absolution. No, I'm just kidding. I won't <laughs> but anyway, this was fun. Good episode. Appreciate John's time. Appreciate your time for stopping by. Like I said earlier, we will have a Jets guest on to talk in depth about them tomorrow. If you're curious about that, that podcast will be out for you on Saturday morning for your consumption, maybe before college football or late in the evening, whenever you'd like to hear a little bit more about the opposition. So again, Appreciate you guys showing up and continuing to show up for these podcasts throughout the year. I love in-season stuff because you guys are eager to digest it and listen to it, and I'm always eager to have the conversation. So it's a pretty good 
a pretty good uh, functioning uh, operation there. So appreciate again, uh, you guys and John and everybody for who uh, took the time to be involved in either listening or making this show. You guys have a great day, great Friday, and go Browns.